Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The right-hander is ready. Here's the pitch. Swing and a hot shot fair down the third base line. It'll be a base hit to give the Phillies the lead. Hoskins is home. Bohm is home. Harper coming around third. He's flying home. He'll score without a throw. JT with a three-run double cleans him off. And it's 3-0 Phillies here in the bottom of the first. Well, that was good news last night. That was the fun last night. That was the game that really mattered last night. Good morning, everybody. I'm Glenn Mack now along with my pal, Jody McDonald. Jody, how you doing, my pal? Good, Mack man. And you? I'm Doing all right. A little tired. Stayed up too late. Got up too early, but doing okay. Uh, tell me about it. Yeah, I know. In the morning. You're, you're going down the wrong path. If you're yeah, going. that's Look true, man. That's staying true. up too late. Yeah, man. You are the hardest working man in radio. I will give you I that. fake it well, don't I? Yeah, you do. That, no, that you 12, don't, no, you that, don't fake it. No, you do it. You, that 12-step commute to my basement and my broadcasting outlet is just killing me. Yeah, no, that helps. But I know your hours are pretty. Your hours are pretty ungodly. So, this morning we have two games to talk about and two things to kind of put in perspective. And um, the, the the one that we'll get to in a little bit is just the horrible, terrible product that was Eagles preseason football last night. I'm just going to put that aside for now. Because I want to get to the one that was fun and that we just talked about and that you've been banging the drum for. And the Phillies win again, beating another bad team again, the Pirates. Score three runs in the first on that uh, bases-clearing double by JT. They cruise to a 6 nothing win, their sixth win in a row. Um, so, Jody, I, I guess I want to start with this. Let me throw out a couple numbers, then I want to ask you a question. Okay, they've won six straight, which is great. Four over the the Reds, who are awful. Two over the Pirates, who I guess are worse. Chance for a sweep today, 135 start down at the ball yard. They are 15 games over 500 for the first time since 2011, which has been a long time. Their chances of making the playoffs, based on all of those various formulas that are used, is over 90%. I like those odds. Jody, you're a horse race guy. You like those odds. Oh, yeah. Okay. 35 games to go, 23 games against teams with losing records. I mean, it's the Washingtons and the Arizonas and uh, just a lot of bad teams coming up. Um, so that's all great, and I really like that. Um, but what I want to ask you, and I don't mean to in any way do this as a negative, because we've talked on this show, and I said, hey, listen, if they make the playoffs this year, I'm happy. I don't expect them to win the World Series. Um, but do we believe 
what we've seen over the last week. Do we believe, listen, a team is 18-2 and two in its last 20 games against teams with losing records. Um, and let me just backtrack. Their next 16 games are against Pittsburgh, Arizona, San Francisco, Miami, Washington. Any of those teams going to the playoffs? Nope. Okay. No chance. So, is that, like, great and let's cause for celebration and I'm going to cite your bandwagon, which I love that you're doing, or is there should there be a part of me that says, yeah, but, I mean, that, that, against the Mets last weekend, that was, that was pretty bad. How yeah, should I feel? See, here, here's what you did, and I think, at least for me, and that's why I started using the term bandwagon, which has a history of its own here in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. You put a comma in your sentence. All those very good things about the Phillies, comma, but. Yes, I did. Why? Why can't you just put a period? That's my question. <laughs> right, let me, just I'll do put it a period and Tell move me. on because, Tell yeah, there's a lot of Philadelphia fans that are doing exactly what Glenn Macnow's doing. Yeah, I know. Comma, but we're beating up on bad teams. It, it, you, you just threw a great stat out there first time over 15 games, 15 games over 2011. Yeah. Yeah. 2011. Mac, it's yeah. been 11 years yeah. since the Phillies made the playoffs. Why can't we just revel in that rather than comma, but they're beating up on bad teams? I'm trying. I'm trying, Jody. You and you and the rest of the Philly fan base needs to try harder. Maybe I do, and that's why I'm here with you today. And uh, your unbridled optimism is going to be infectious, and by the end of the show, I will be leading parade around my nice. block in Havertown. I like it. There's room on the bandwagon. I can tell I you that for sure because – there were only 30,000 in the stadium on Saturday. Uh, yeah. Excuse me, on Friday. 35, a little bit better, or 37 it might have been, on Sunday. They've not come, the, the, the only reason they've sold out over this entire season is opening day and the Mets. But the Mets come in and get 15, yeah, 16, 17,000, 18,000 of their fans into the stadium. And I get it. They didn't start this year great. Joe Girardi needed to be fired if they had a whole bunch of 21,000 nights uh, when they were just going through their paces in the middle of the season. I get that. I got mm. no problems with that. But this team has put itself in a position to be a damn close to a lock to be in the playoffs. And, yeah, they haven't done it 11 years. If this was like the Sixers. They continue to make the playoffs, win in the first round, look good, build up the uh, the momentum. And, uh, second round fall and second round fall and second. Well, that I would understand because it's repetitious. It's what we've seen. It's the most recent history. You got to take a pretty big step back in history to get to the Phillies just making the playoffs. It, let's look on the bright side of life here. Okay, okay, Monty Python. Thank you. Um, Am I – are we reliving 2007 then? Which, as you recall, 2006, they, we thought they were going to get to the playoffs, and they didn't. 2007, they catch the Mets. They win the division. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but they're going to make the playoffs. And they get knocked out early by the Colorados, setting up 2008, where all of our hopes and dreams come true. Not impossible. I'm not ready to quite go there yet. No, no, I'm saying we're old. reliving 2007, uh, yeah, which is, I hey – Making the playoffs is enough. Right. Uh, okay. So uh, I, I thought you were already jettisoning ahead to. No, 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 no. I'm saying this is this is the no, setup year where you first get in the playoffs. Yes. 
and and I'll go a step further than that because that result is already in in the ledger, as you mentioned, got taken out by the Rockies. Last year, Glenn, on August 15th, the Philadelphia Phillies were in first place by half a game. Do you know who they were leading? Last year, they were in first place by half a game. Uh, they were leading the Washingtons. No, no, they were leading the Atlanta Braves. Okay. The Phillies were 61 and 56. The Braves were 61 Oh, yeah, that's right. Of course, the Braves won the World Series. The, right. I was looking for the trick the, answer when it wasn't there. It wasn't there. Now, what did the Braves do in the next six weeks? They never lost, and they won the World Series they, with a bunch they, of guys named Joe. Exactly. Young guys who they had already signed to six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year contracts at the age of 21 or 22, and damn, don't they look smart for what they've done. Mm. Um, but they, they, they were... On August 15th, the Braves were 61 and 57, and they won the World Series. Mm-hmm. So the Phillies on August 15th of this year were 65 and 51. They were 14 games over 500. The Braves were four games over 500, and they won the World Series. Now, the Braves actually ended up winning the division because the division wasn't strong last year. The division is quite strong this year with both the Mets and the Braves ahead of the Phillies at this time. So, yeah, third place as compared to first place is a little bit different. But the Braves weren't thinking about a World Series in mid-August last year. But, damn, if they didn't get it, why can't you do that with the Phillies this year? Okay. Hey, I'm listen, I'm, I got a bag half pack for you, Jody. You're moving me there. Okay. So, so. They now have a nice cushion in the wild card race. They're actually in second in the wild card. You know, sec- they would have the second of the three wild card spots. Which, which I'm not happy about. Oh, okay. All right. That's where I was going with you. They have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Padres. They have a five-game lead over the Brewers. So if the season ended with them in this spot, they would play the Braves for three games in Atlanta, which is not going to be easy. Right. So the question is, well, who they got to catch? Well, I no, they can't. They got to catch the Braves. Which is which is well, but if they catch the Braves uh, and the Mets stay in first, then yes, they would get all three games in Philadelphia, which is preferable to playing all three games in Atlanta. But you play the Braves either way. Yeah, it actually might be more advantageous to root for the Padres to jump up and catch them because I certainly would. Sorry, St. Louis fans, I'd rather face the Cardinals for three yeah. games than I would the Braves for three games. I agree. But you can't do that. No, you can't. Didn't we have this discussion in 2011 involving these teams? I'm not suggesting tanking. You and I have our uh, yes. uh, process opinions, and I yes. don't know we want to go there. I sure as hell don't want to go there today because I'm uh, trying to be optimistic here. Uh, no, 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 no. We, uh, just keep just keep winning and take your puncher's chance when you get into the playoffs, something you haven't done in 11 years. And the chance that you have more than anything to me is you have a top of the rotation, if healthy, if on, can be excellent and can win – any given game. Uh, Wheeler, we hope, is going to be back in, I don't know, whatever it is, a week and, you know, recovered from this supposedly very mild forearm tendonitis. Aranola, who a, a week ago I was fretting about, had a great start this week. And by the way, so much credit to me goes to the manager who decided, I'm going to leave him in the ninth. I'm going to let him get through trouble in the ninth. I'm going to give him every chance to get the complete game. Nola got it pitched really well and i uh, to me that was such a confidence builder i'm hoping we avoid as we've discussed the the bad september nola and i got ranger suarez is my number three who i like 
And you've heard my uh, uh, way that I would handle the three-game series, yes, correct? Yes, I you have. And I discussed that already. I have. And I, uh, you know I do a national show, so when I get a national guy on, I want their perspective as well because it's outside of Philadelphia and the like. The best I've gotten is, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> Nobody has ever said, Jody, that's, that's cutting edge. That's outside the box. Yeah. You're a genius. No one has quite bought into it the way that I was hoping someone would. I stand behind it 100%, more so than I did before, mainly because of Ranger Suarez, because he has been downright outstanding. So it isn't like we we all agree there's a drop-off from one and two. You look at the entire season, body of work, history in the big leagues, Nola and Wheeler are your two best starting pitchers. But the drop-off to Ranger, with the way Rangers pitched the last four or five outings, is not nearly as bad I would go with Wheeler 1, Suarez. If you win game 1, Suarez game 2, and then come back with Nola game 3. Or better yet, come back with Nola game 1 of the next series. What is it that the the guy who gave you the most support, what was the quote that he used? He said, that's quite interesting. Mm, That's the quote that my wife gave me when I tried on a jacket a couple weeks ago. She clearly (laughs) didn't like it. Judy, what do you think of this? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's exactly the way it played. All right, let, let me take one call on the Phillies, and then we, we have to morph, segue into the disaster of a debacle, of a shame, of a fraud, of a mockery that took place down in South Florida last night. Uh, Greg in Virginia is with us. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Glenn, Jody. Great to be on with you. I just uh, you know hear all the stuff about the, the Phillies playing the weak teams right now, but the reason why these other teams got fat was because they played them too. And the fact is, the only team the Phillies haven't been able to handle is the Mets. Very true. Um, I maybe I'm trying to think of the Phillies' record against every other team. I don't know. Well, they're pre- I, I'm not sh- sure, but they're about 500 with the Braves. But it's not a it's not a nine game margin. Okay. All right. I. I I hope you're right, and I hope that uh, they never have to face the Mets. And I hope that if they do face the Mets, it's a repeat of what happened. What was it? Nineteen was it seventy-eight when they played the Dodgers, and they had gone o o and twelve against them during the regular season. They came back and beat them in the playoffs. Yeah. I hope all these things happen. Well, let's put it this way: they're you know they're in it. They got a chance, and uh, since Joe got fired. I have just been one of the happiest Phillies fans on the planet. Yeah, that's been amazing. I don't know any of us saw that coming. Jody, the record speaks for itself. We've discussed some aspects of why Rob Thompson works where Joe Girardi didn't. But the numbers are really staggering now. What do you think of the top one, two, three factors in this? Well, um, Girardi wasn't as good as I thought he was going to be. I thought he was an outstanding hire when they got him. Um, certainly disappointed by the results. And I, 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 I think you and I have done shows when I've talked about it. We, we, we started doing shows during the summer after yeah. Ray stepped down. Um, so I told you that uh, I've known Rob Thompson for a long time because my father gave him his first job in baseball as a coach. He was a mediocre to middling to not really all that good player. And during one offseason, my father uh, got him as soon as the season ended said, listen, Rob, there's a good chance we're not going to be bringing you back again next year. So if you're going to another organization and you want to continue to live the dream, 
good luck because we don't see you as a guy who's going to live the dream and make the big leagues. However, we think you're a smart baseball guy, and we'd like to offer you a job as a coach. We think you'd work really well with other young men, blah, 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 blah. And Thompson bought it, and he became a coach, and the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, so I've known Thompson for a very long period of time. He's just a really relatable guy that that people gravitate to, that they like him. Um, he's he's uh, got a lot of Charlie Manuel in him with a little bit less of the, the southern accent, um, but the same type of individual that people just like being around. And he, he puts forth good vibes, and I think that's what this Phillies team needed in the most desperate way when they decided to move away from Girardi. I like his moves. I sit there and I second-guess him the same way I second-guess Girardi and Kapler and every other Philly manager before him. Uh, but he's pushed a whole lot of right buttons. And by hook, by crook, by luck, by whatever, by ingenious strategy, he's getting it all right right now. So if I can uh, go from uh, point A to point B, if and when the Phillies win the World Series this year, special thanks, a special float on the parade must be reserved for Joseph McDonald Sr. Yeah, if you want to go there. Uh, I went down, uh, I did a show with the camera uh, yeah. from Eagles training camp. So I was already across the bridge. So I said, we'll do the whole F- South Philly thing. Went from Eagles camp to the turf club. Made about 100 bucks betting on horses that day in, in an hour and a half. Nice. And then went over to the, the stadium and uh, shook Rob Thompson's hand and shot a breeze with him for a while. He uh, had to ask me about my father for five minutes. Uh, so it was great to just catch up with him and, and shoot the breeze. So, yeah, my father and he have been tight for a long period of time. He was one of the few people that – T- uh, called my father. When my father texted him and congratulated him when he got the gig, he actually called him back. And Rob said, I got like four, 450 texts. I returned like eight calls, one of which was your dad. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'd been a Rob Thompson fan since they, they hired him. I thought it was a smart play by Dombrowski. He made more sense of anyone on the roster. And just to clear it up for those, and I've taken some calls on this, and you may have on Saturdays with Mike, um, they can't give him a new contract. No. They no, can't yet make him the full-time manager you have to wait till the season's over the interim tag has to stay on him uh, they would have to have a massive collapse between now and the end of the season for rob thompson not to be the manager of the phillies next year agreed uh 215 all right jody i put it off for 15 minutes we can't put it off any longer thank god uh what happened thank god the whole preseason is gone thank god that last night never happened it was disgusting uh, look, Miami has every right to use its starters. They can do whatever they want. That's that's their prerogative. And Nick has every right to play his third stringers and not give a damn about the game. But watching that game last night, watching Eagles third stringers open the game trying to cover Tyreek Hill was ridiculous and a waste of time. And uh, I don't know if insulting is the word I'm looking for, but just that they put that product on the air, that they sold tickets to it, that Eagles fans still, I bet you the ratings are good, that people turned, tuned in to watch it was just ridiculous. What was the point? Jody, what did either side learn from this farce? Oh, I think the Dolphins learned plenty. The well, Tyree they, Kill they learned can... that Tyreek Hill can beat an Eagles third stringer? Uh, well, he did. You're right. He beat an Eagles third stringer. He beat the Eagles' number one quarterback really badly in the joint practice earlier in the week. 
Uh, so Tyree Kill can do that to anybody, just uh, the third string or the first string. He can do it to anybody on the planet, including Eagles' best cornerback in, in big play slight. So it wasn't just, oh, he didn't do it in practice during the week, but when on Sunday he got in against those third stringers, damn, he got behind them all. Uh, no, he's just that good. He can do it to anybody. The Eagles have chosen a course of procedure this preseason, and they did last year. At least I give them credit because they've stuck to their guns. And we'll see if it pays off. I think they actually, it won't show because they've got a very easy early schedule. But what did the Dolphins lose by putting their first team I'm out I'm not there saying the Dolphins night? lost anything. I just don't know that they gained anything. I mean, it's, I don't think either side I, gained anything. The Dolphins maybe gained a little wind under their sails headed into the season. They beat right. the finals. It was 48 to 10. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, did you hear John Cruck the other night talking about when the Phillies in preseason would play a college team? And it's a major league team playing some kids from Florida State and just how ridiculous it was, how non-competitive it was. And that's what last night was. So maybe the Dolphins think they gained something, and if they did, that's great. What was the point for the Eagles to have that game? Why? It was a colossal waste of everybody's time. It was bad for the league. What was the point of that happening? Well, I'll give you one. Uh, The Eagles should be concerned about their backup secondary. It's bad. It's flat out bad. Period. If if uh, Kayvon Wallace has got to go in and play, if Reed Blankenship has got to go in and play, if Kerry Vincent's got to go in and play, wow. because uh, both Slay and uh, Bradbury. Bradbury turn an ankle in a game, the Eagles are screwed. Their their backup secondary is awful. And yes, during the regular season, when a backup guy has to go into the game, he's going to be playing against the other team's ones. So you better be ready to compete on that level. If not, yeah, you've got some work to do, Harry Roseman. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Um, I just saw no purpose to a game for which the Eagles essentially were trying to figure out who were the last five guys on the practice squad. And maybe and i hope they find a safety between now and tuesday or now and i'm sorry now and when the season starts cutdowns are due tuesday so you pick somebody right. else up uh and i hope they find somebody to help them play at safety but i just i hated this preseason from the very beginning to the very end i think that it has gone so soft and nobody plays and nothing happens and you don't want to get hurt and the good news for the eagles is they're not hurt that's great but i feel like we could have not had these last three preseason games and nobody would have learned or gained or lost anything. Except that add, now we know Reed Sinet really is hard. Yeah, can't play. What happened to the quarterback factory? Uh, yeah, not, he's, he's, not you know who he is? Remember Clayton Thorson? Yeah. yeah. And, and oh, by the way, and again, we're, we're, I guess I'm nitpicking on the Eagles. I, I'm not there at practice every day. You're not there at practice every right. day. The guy, the beat guys like Zach Berman, we'll, we've got him coming up today. He can give us a much better insight. Um, and, you know, I do my show with Johnny Mack every single mm-hmm. day on Birds 365. Carson Strong has not looked good in practice. He just doesn't uh, have the ability, at least in the Eagles' opinion, to be an NFL quarterback and the like. Is he that much worse than Reed Sinet? I don't know. How bad is this guy that you gave three hundred and change thousand dollars as a guarantee because you thought he had a level of competency? Really, he's that much worse than Reed Sinet that you don't want to put him in the game? He played two games and had four passes. 
That's it? Man, he must be god-awful in practice. Um, yes. Maybe he hasn't learned the plays. Maybe he doesn't know the nomenclature. I don't know, but it's a fair question. And we will be talking to Zach Berman at uh, 10 tw- – uh, excuse me, this is 10 five. We'll be talking to him at 11 o'clock and kind of get his projection on who's going to make the team, who's not going to make the team. And your question about the secondary is a fair one. I just – the best cornerbacks in the league can't cover Tyreek Hill. To throw those guys out there and make them try to do it, that was – it was a fool's errand, Jody Mack, and 20 minutes into that game, I was fed up. Right, and the Dolphins did play as starters, and the Eagles didn't. They scored 48, Glenn. It wasn't like the first team went out, moved it down the field, got their 17 points, took the rest of the night off. They added 31 more points thereafter. So the Dolphins' second and third teamers kept beating up on the Eagles' second and third teamers as well. Yeah. That's why I'm worried about the Eagles' uh, right. backup well, second. That, that is a fair point. We'll talk to Zach about that. Uh, and we want to hear from you. We've opened up kind of our two primary topics for the day. Uh, Going to take a lot of phone calls today. Got a lot of time to hear your opinions on both of the teams that are active right now. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. With Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Mack now. Jody's stirring up the bandwagon on 94WIP. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It is third six and the gun. Back is 
He fires and he throws an interception intended for Calcaterra and it is picked off by the Dolphins. Sent it through the ball and into the end zone with the interception goes Elijah Campbell. Merrill was disgusted. <laughs> he really yeah, oh, was. Oh, by the way, it was pick six. He kind of got around to the fact that the guy scored a touchdown. <laughs> a little disappointed was the voice of the Eagles. Yeah, and listen, I don't know. I remember they thought Sinet was going to be something, and he's he's clearly not. So they're going to go into the season with two quarterbacks, you figure, right? And Absolutely. Maybe try to pick up a veteran if somebody gets hurt. I'll tell you a guy I'd like to see them get their hands on. How about Skylar Thompson, the guy who continued to move the ball down the field against the Eagles in that second half and threw three touchdown passes? The Dolphins have Tua. They've got Bridgewater. What are they going to do with Skylar Thompson? Are they going to keep three quarterbacks? Or oh, I'd take him in a heartbeat over either of the guys the Eagles have as their third stringers right now. Yeah, my hunch is the Eagles don't bother to keep a third stringer now. And then if, if one of the two guys gets hurt, they just rush out and pick somebody up. That's well, my guess. Here's and I got no idea. Josh saw, McCown <laughs> out of retirement again. Love him. Um, he should have should have been the uh, coach of the Texans last year. <laughs> but um, here's here's the way it's probably going to play. Mac, one of these two guys, and for me, the unknown of Carson Strong is better than the known of Reed Sinet. Yeah. One of them is going to be on the this squad because they'll get both of them through waivers I'd, I'd be shocked if either of the two are claimed so their third string quarterback is going to be here but he's going to be on the practice squad yeah that makes sense i hear you uh let's get some calls in jim and phoenix you're with jody mack and glenn mack now hey jim good morning mack and mack how you doing good you? excellent excellent um so i was listening to your opening glenn um we're actually 72 55 so we're 17 games over 500 season high 17 over 500 excuse so that's me really for impressive. not updating my stats this morning shame on me <laughs> that's all right and last night's stats. No so i'm going to give you guys i'm going to try to make this a little less daunting on catching atlanta and, and hosting the uh, playoff games we're six back in the loss column if we just go five and two, uh, we have four of those seven games against Atlanta at home and then three on the road. If we go five and two or four and three, uh, that's the same as picking up an extra game because we'll own the tiebreaker. Also, we have a little easier schedule. They have a West Coast trip they still have to take, and we're done with that, and we're playing in Washington's and Miami's. In these next 13 that you guys mentioned, we just need to go either nine and four or ten and three, and we'll probably pick up a game there on Atlanta. And then finally, Atlanta still has to play the Mets two series, and they've had a struggle with them outside of their last series where they beat them. I think it's three out of four. Uh, they've had a struggle with them. So we have a chance to catch them and tie them and, and you know, get the playoff games at home by winning the season series. So when did you guys talk about that? Joe, threw Hope a lot of math out there. He did, and it was reasonable math. Um, yeah, I think the Braves are pretty good. Um, it's going to come down to a playoff series. Would you rather have the three games in your house than be on the road? Oh, absolutely. No questions asked. Does it mean you can't win two out of three in Atlanta? No. That could happen. 
Like I said, I'd actually rather play St. Louis, but we're not talking about going backwards. We're talking about going forwards. So I like his math. That Yeah, there, there's an outside possibility that they could catch the Braves. Shoot, why not get nuts and say they could catch the Mets and win the division if you're going to go completely optimistic, go <laughs> well, all the way to no, the top. I'm not going that far. <laughs> I'm not going that far, Joey. I'm actually uh, I'm taking my daughter to the game Wednesday, so we're going to support our Philadelphia Phillies. We go to one game every year. It's always a Phillies game, so I'm taking her Wednesday, so we're really looking forward to that. But, uh, Wait, do you live no, out? In, I, you live I, out in yeah. Phoenix. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. You're, just co- in you're the, coming uh, in for in that, or are you coming in? No, for they're going to Phoenix, Mac Man. Oh, they're going to the. No, oh, they're going to the Diamondbacks. That's right. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. shame on yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. So every year, though, um, if you check their history, especially in the in the near. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I lost them. I'm sorry. My mistake. Um, yeah, they're going out to Phoenix. Yes, another team they can beat. Another bad. Yes. And that's and uh, you asked me earlier about Rob Thompson and Joe Girardi in the comparison. Joe Girardi could never do that. How, uh, you and I haven't been doing shows together, but you've been doing yours. I've been doing mine. Mm-hmm. The, the Marlins. The Marlins always beat the Phillies. Always. The, Bets, the Phillies are always better than the Marlins. They got a better team. They finish higher in the standings. They yep. got a better roster, and the Marlins always beat them. They're beating the Marlins. They're beating the Reds. They're beating the Pirates. They're beating the bad teams. That's what you got to do if you want to make the postseason, do. which the Phillies haven't done in a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, they're they're for the first time in a decade. They are fielding a true team, and the thing that impressed me. We spent a lot of time talking about how great the record is under Rob Thompson and since he took over, and that certainly speaks for itself. The other side of that, and we do talk about this, but I want to talk about just a little more is they did all of this without their best player. Right. Without the MVP, without the leader, without all of that stuff, which suggests to me that they – boy, Jody, I'm, I'm, i got to get a ticket for your bandwagon, man. It suggests to me that they, for the first time in a long time, have become a true – team that guys do the right things that guys pitch in that guys run the bases well they take extra bases that guys they're actually fielding well they're doing the fundamentals well which is i gotta be honest even mr positivity here yours truly i thought they're gonna be hideous defensively this year at the beginning of the year i said i think the phillies are a playoff team i think they can win close to 90 games they will do so by clubbing other teams it'll Mm. come down to home run after home run after home run and they're going to win a whole bunch of 8-6 games because their starting pitch is going to give up two earned, unearned runs, basically a night. And they really have improved defensively. Bohm has become above average at third base. I didn't see that coming this year, Mac. No, no longer the corner butcher, as no. my old partner Ray Denger used to call him. Not even close. And mm-hmm. and Schwarber hasn't been terrible in left. He's never going to run balls down, but he catches what he gets to. Um, they've had a stream of center fielders, and I think Marsh is a very good one. I'll take a hit every other day, every third day, Mr. Marsh. He's just not an offensive player. And even Castellanos is not good and right. But he's made a couple of real good plays, gunning down runners at home plate. Mm-hmm. So their defense is significantly better than I thought it was going to be. It's not great, but I thought it was going to be god-awful, and it's only below average. So the boomsticks, as you term them, may have lost. I don't know. They lost rights to that nickname. I did the math. Yeah. They are on pace for 207 home runs, which is certainly not going to break the franchise record. Still a nice number, but I don't know. You tell me. You coined the nickname. Do they still get it? 
No. Um, and I'll, I'll very uh, coyly uh, say it's because Bryce Harper got hurt. And that sure as heck didn't help because I was banking on Bryce getting 35 or somewhere thereabouts. And his two-month absence, absence uh, certainly curtailed the ability of the home runs. But there were other guys. It was some, some now forgotten. D.D. Gregorius had one. Yeah, D.D.'s a 20-home-run guy. Yeah, he he had one. Yeah. I did not see that coming. Massive drop-off by him. I thought Bohm had a chance to advance, and Bohm has advanced the player, but his home-run capabilities hasn't been as good as I thought it was going to be. Schwarber's done what he's done. Castellanos a little disappointing, but I probably overestimated him. Yeah. Uh, he's coming on offensively, but he's not hitting the home runs. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I overestimated the boomstick aspect of this team, but I'll take where they are in the standings as of right now. Yeah, you know who gave you a brief push there, but he's not here right now, was uh, Derek Hall. Derek Hall, yeah. yeah. Nice little addition. And, and he'll be back for September, but I don't think he's got a spot on the October roster. No, a lot of pinch hit. Although now you don't even pinch hit that much. Uh, let's talk to Nate in West Philly. Nate, you're on with Jody McDonald. Glenn Mack now. How you doing? Good morning, gentlemen. Let me first say uh, it's a pleasure speaking to you guys. You two are the main reason why I've been listening to sports radio for all these years. Uh, you're very kind. Thank you. When I was introduced to sports radio, it was you guys. Cool. So what I want to say, Glenn, just take what we're getting right now. <laughs> just take what we're getting right now. You remember um, when we I know were, I, ca- uh, I came off as much more negative as I meant to. I really did. Yes, you did. So you remember, you know, the Eagles, right? The Eagles would, would, would always lose against teams we think they was going to lose, um, win, and then they would beat the teams that we think they had no chance of um, beating. But we uh, yeah, always, you'd always get one of those a year where they lose to the Cardinals. Exactly, yeah, right. Yeah. So right now you're supposed to beat the lesser teams. That makes you a good team. You're supposed to beat up on the teams that are not good. So let's take it right now. I took my kids, my family to a game um, last month and we was like, wow, we had a Phillies game? We had a Phillies game? I said, guys, last night we were watching the game on television. I said, y'all guys, y'all, uh, I think they're going to go make the playoff. Y'all want to get tickets? My wife says, are they really going to make the playoffs now? She was at the last parade when they won the a World Series. She was like, hell yeah, we're going to the playoffs. We're going to go, we're going to go see that. It's like, take it. Enjoy it. We don't yeah, have I am. I am. Listen, I, I, I hear what I must have sounded like. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I am perhaps not as fully on the bandwagon as my pal, who's in fact the conductor of the bandwagon. But I have reserved, I've reserved a spot in row six. Imagine if they were window seat. Joe. Imagine if they getting. Imagine if they're getting swept by Pittsburgh. Imagine with that kind of. Oh no! Well, that's like. a whole different thing. You're 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 entirely correct. And Nate, I apologize if I sounded too negative. I did not mean to. I was really more contrasting <laughs> how we felt a week ago to how we feel now. But the Mets are great, though. So you, the Mets are great. They are great. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, guys. Enjoy Mets, talking right, to you. Thank you. And Mac. Um, you and I have similar timelines here in Philadelphia. You got to Philly before I did, writing for the Inquirer. I got on the radio on WIP before you did. But you and I have very similar timelines, 30-plus years now here in town. And when I first got here, the use of the word bandwagon really surprised me because I always thought of a bandwagon as a good thing. That yeah, let's all get on this bandwagon and support the team. And man, was I uh, awoken to the use of the word bandwagon when I got here in Philadelphia. 
bandwagon is a stone cold negative. Don't you dare get on the bandwagon. Yes. I was with this team before you were. How dare you now become a fan of this team when I've been loyal since day one? And I just didn't understand it. It perplexed me. Why would you not want other people to enjoy on a hometown team success along with you? No, the need to show that you were there first and you were smarter and you were more loyal. It just would make me pull my hair out. So that's why I used the term bandwagon, because I'm sorry, I'm not using it the way that a lot of other Philadelphia sports fans do. The bandwagon's a good thing. Let's all get on the bandwagon. Let's all acknowledge it's the first time in a decade we, we've got an outstanding chance to get October baseball. Please get on the bandwagon. I'm with you. And you're right that that is, seems a particularly Philadelphia thing, the pejorative term of, oh, he's just a bandwagon fan. Yep. And there will always be those people who are casual fans who, you know, don't follow it day in and day out, as you and I may, and just kind of wait for like, oh, you know what? The team's fun this year. I think I'll be interested. I have nothing against those people. They can exactly. live their lives as we choose. I'm okay with that. It's to me, the negative bandwagon fan would be, hey, this year I'm rooting for the Eagles, but next year, ooh, the Cowboys are good. I'll root for the Cowboys. And the year after that, hey, who knows? Maybe it's the Vikings. That's a bandwagon fan if you hop from team to team to team. Right. But, but if you choose when a team gives you nothing for five years to say, I think I'll sit this one out, I don't have a problem with that. And if you're that kind of very casual fan, right, and – I mean, my wife is kind of like this. She doesn't pay any attention to the Phillies. But if there's something really good that's happening and she sees I'm getting excited about it and we're moving into September, she'll start watching games. That's a bandwagon fan. I have no problem with that. I'm, I, am, I am with you. I would argue, Jody, that it has reached a crescendo of its worst with the Sixers fans in recent years. And I know anytime I stir this hornet's net, I risk all kinds of backlash, both on the air and social media. But the people who supported the process, of which you and I were not among them, got to the point where they said, if you weren't with us then, you can't root for us now. Yep. And I have no use for that. As a, I was uh, rooting for uh, the Sixers before those people were out of diapers. Exactly. Um, I, I get it. I understand it. I don't like it. I disagree with it. But uh, I'd say there's too big a percent. It's not huge. There, I think just in general in Philadelphia it comes through, but with the Sixers, um, because the Sixers haven't gotten to where they, they need to yet because it was all about getting a championship, right? That's why they went through the process, and they haven't truly been close to getting a championship yet. If they ever do, oh, my God, watch those bandwagon people say, oh, yeah. you can't come to the parade. <laughs> you shouldn't even be allowed within the city limits during the parade because you didn't believe in the process. That's right. Do you the, have your it, Sam Hinkie tattoo? If oh, not, yeah. Oh, not. yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get some of that if it ever comes to, uh, to, to be that the Sixers actually get a parade. I like the bandwagon, and I like that you do it. And you know who used to do it on a regular basis as part of his shtick? Oh. The late great Stan Hockman. Oh, he was a bandwagon. But did when a Philadelphia team, you know, when he started to believe in a Philadelphia team, usually whatever team it was, and usually kind of early in the season, he would say like bandwagon starting up, and they would do his column. They even draw art 
of like some old, you know, rickety jalopy of a bandwagon with Stan at the helm. And they would say, like, everybody wants to be on it. And people would write him and say, hey, this is Joe from Cherry Hill. Reserve me a seat. And Stan would write about it. He, he had like a running shtick for years with that stuff. I if if I knew that I had forgotten it. Shame on me for that being the case. Uh, Sam Hockman's one of the all-time greats in this town. Um, if I'm following in his footsteps, I got no problem whatsoever with that. No, I think it's great. And I'm and I, I, I said I want six A by the window. You're in. There you go. You're in, Mac. Okay. My bandwagon is huge. There are no there there are no restrictions on the bandwagon. If we have to uh, build it on the fly and make it bigger. Perfectly fine. I've got engineers ready to do that. There you go. I can hammer a nail. That I can do. All right. Uh, Bob and Dale ran. Hang in, because you want to talk about somebody's future with the Eagles, which is going to be decided in the next few days. Everybody else may join. You're invited to. 215-592-9494. With the bandwagon driver, Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow, Sunday morning, 94 WIP. Jody, excuse me just for one second to do a little bit of a plug. The Philadelphia Jewish Sports Hall of Fame is going to add six new members at the 24th Annual Induction Ceremony. Wednesday, September 21st, 6 p.m. at Rodith Shalom, 615 North Broad Street in Philadelphia. I am proud to be an inductee of that organization. Very along, nice. Along with colleagues like uh, Michael Barkan and Jason Stark and Howard Eskin and Ruben Amaro and the aforementioned Stan Hockman, Larry Brown, Ed Snyder. have no idea why they let me in, given, <laughs> given those other names. You're keeping good company, Mac, man. Well-deserved. Uh, uh, there you go. But they are uh, inducting six new members, and it's uh, it's always a really nice event to purchase tickets, visit Philly Jewish Sports Event.org. Philly Jewish Sports Event.org. All right, let's get to Bob in Del Ran, who has a question. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see if Jody and I answer it the same way. You go ahead. Okay. I'm going to get really frustrated because I get here's, here's what I think should happen, but here's what will happen. And I know the reason. I wish they would just stay at point blank, but you know, worst teams aren't going to tell you the truth. Um, with Rager. I think he's going to make the team reason because they're going to take a $5 million cap hit and he's a first-round pick, and it's called the CYA factor of a first-round pick. Where I, I, I like this guy, uh, Deion Kane. I'd like to see him make the team. Um, I think he'll maybe be practice squad or maybe he'll get picked up. But, I mean, Kane should be on that roster. But, unfortunately, because of the politics – well, um, there's more than that. Uh, did you Rager's going to be Kane, there, Kane and Rager doesn't help. want to be here anyway. Well, hold, Rager on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, relax, relax. I'm sorry. Uh, Kane started the game, started well yesterday. Did not finish well. Did not help his chances. Okay. I think he's likely a practice squad guy. Okay. I don't know that Rager's going to be here. I don't know that they need to I carry five wide receivers, uh, but I don't think they'll cut him. Um, and. Yeah. As much as it may frustrate you, no team wants to take five million dollars in dead money. I think they're no. going to see if they can trade him for something. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the problem. I don't know that you can trade him for anything. Yeah. Maybe. Because the teams are going to be, and there's a lot of this going on in the league. It does it every sure. year. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, 
is scheduled to make $24 million this year. Yeah. Everybody's just going to sit there and wait till the 49ers cut him, and then they're going to be able to negotiate a new deal with him rather than pay him $24 million. And that's the yeah. way I think the rest of the league looks at Rager. They're going to dare, dare the Eagles to cut him, and then if they actually think yeah. that he's a, a guy with a chance, they'll bring him in on a lesser deal than the one he got as a first-round draft pick. Yeah. All right. So let me see if we both we we both agree he won't get. Well, I don't think he's going to get cut, Jody. No. Do I? No. Nope. Okay. I, I think he's going to be here. But okay, yeah. he, 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 our caller went to uh, uh, Deion Kane, who last night dropped some very catchy yeah. balls. Yeah. He, he had, had a real good chances. game the week before against the Browns. But I'm with Glenn. He did not yeah. impress me at all last night. The guy I want to see him potentially keep if they're going to cut Rager is Devin Allen. Yeah, Mr. Get behind the defense and could be a gunner on special teams. Went down and caused the fumble last yeah. night. If they're keeping another wide receiver other yeah. than Reagan, Rager as their fifth receiver, yeah. I want Devin Allen. Yeah. Hey, can I slip in a hockey question to Glenn, please? Of course. Both of us. Real, sure. real quick. It, 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 there's a guy, and I just had his name, and I can't, 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 can't remember. He's a junior guy. I'm kind of a hockey nut like you. It's good. He's like the next prodigy, you know, falling in the Mario Lemuse and the, you know, all the great prodigy guys that's going to be coming out. I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, God, I can't think of his name. But he's supposed to be the next big thing. And it always seems that Edmonton and Pittsburgh always get these guys. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we get one of these? And do you think they're, and I don't want to say tank, but I think we could be in the mix in the lottery to get this guy. It you know what I think? The, I think the pro, they could be in the lottery, but. Yeah. The, I, my thing roof. with the Flyers, and I guess this relates to tanking, and I may yeah. seem hypocritical, but the, t- sure. the Flyers offseason moved them from horrible to pretty bad. Yeah. And so they're going to end up being like the fifth worst team in the league. And I don't know what was the purpose of that. And, yeah. Um, Unless they're Jody, thinking maybe I, what I, I'm thinking. I think that, and the, and the goalie could wallpaper over some of their problems. Um. And they picked up guys who'll help them a little bit. They still won't be any good. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. But I, I, Jody, I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think they're bad enough to be bad and good enough to be good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Here's the question I have for your for you, Glenn, Mister Hockey. Um, you hear this uh, comment all the time: the Sixers need to take advantage of Joel Embiid's prime. Yeah. They can't let Joel Embiid's prime slip by without making a legitimate shot to win a championship. Yeah. How about Carter Hart's prime? Yep. Are we just going to watch that go by the boards? Well, and, and I will point a little finger at Carter Hart because I don't think he's lived up to expectations. But that was when when the Flyers made the playoffs a couple of years ago. It was now we got our goaltender. We finally got our goaltender. You do, two decades of waiting for our goaltender since Axel to be the guy who can take us places. Well, where has he taken us the last two years? Well, I don't know that Carter Hart's all that. I mean, Joel Embiid to me is one of the great yeah. five best players in the NBA. Uh, Carter Hart is a guy who we keep thinking is going to be something. I will agree, Jody. They're 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 wasting him to the degree that they haven't built around him. But Carter Hart presumably will be playing for long after Joel Embiid is retired, and Carter Hart hasn't proven not nearly as much as Joel Embiid has. True, and and I didn't mean to put them on that same parallel. I was just trying yeah. to compare. Where where the Flyers were two years ago, won that round-robin tournament, uh, were around in the playoffs, went deep against the Islanders. That was supposed to be the beginning of the continued rise 
they've gone backwards. And yeah. Carter Hart was he was the main guy why people believed the Flyers were on an uptick and they'd done anything but. Well, he got shell shocked two years ago, right? And then last year he recovered a little bit. He was he was I thought he was pretty good, but not special. By the way, the guy he was talking about is Connor Bedard. Uh, who plays in the WHL, who is regarded as the next great one. So, as my friend Jody McDonald says, we shall see we shall, we shall see. Frank in Fairmont's with us. Frank, how are you? How you doing, Jody? How you doing? We're good. Good. Fine. Hey, good to see you back together. I started listening to you, I guess it was over 30 years ago, you guys. It was uh, almost, it was December 1993. Yeah, I really haven't listened to a lot of sports radio the last 10 years, but I turned you on this morning, heading down the shore, and good, good to see these guys together. Appreciate you. it. Um, you sure you're not from Philly, Glenn? A 90% chance of making the playoffs and you're still being negative about it? I'm not being negative. I am not. Be- now I'm being mischaracterized. That's true. Come on. All right, let's all back up. I mean, up. you're a typical Let's Philly all fan. back up. Hold on a second. Bear <laughs> with me. What I said was... I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm delighted about it. It's been a long drought. It's looking like fun. I was pretty down last week after they beat the Mets. I'm not sure how to feel now about them in in the big picture, but I do believe they will make the playoffs. We will have playoff baseball here. Well, listen, we, we did the same thing with McNabb and Reed for years. I was happy to make the playoffs every year. You can't win it if you don't make the playoffs. Well, I'm happy to make the so, playoffs this year. <laughs> It was a great feeling, and and every time you make the playoffs, it's a good thing. There's anything can happen, and, in, and uh, being that a is true as the life. as as was proven by the Super Bowl Fifty Two champion Eagles, who entered every one of their playoff games as an underdog. Right, right. So there you go. So I'll make your point. Okay. All right. Sounds Pre- good. Nice talking to you guys. Appreciate All right. it. I'm Thanks glad that you're listening to us. us, Jody. I feel like I painted myself into a corner. Well. Yeah, he overstated it. Um, you aren't that negative. You're just not as positive as I am. Correct. Which is perfectly fine because you said you're on the bandwagon now. Where'd you, 6A? Is that where I got you uh, seated? Seat 6A by the 6A. window. You're in. You're I in. I want the view. Uh, I, I won you over, big guy. You're, you're on. You did. <laughs> yes, you did. All right, let, let's take a break. We're going to come back with Zach Berman of The Athletic. Does a great job covering the Eagles for them. Uh, I don't know how much we want to bite over or pick over the bones of last night but let's talk to him about who gets cut who stays where they may need to make moves and where the eagles will be when the season opens gosh jody still two weeks from today yeah that stinks no rush huh all right jody mcdonald glenn mack now 215-592-9494 we'll get calls in the next segment as well we are here sunday morning on 94 wip it is first and goal Give goes inside, and carrying the football is Kennedy Brooks, and he's in for the touchdown. Kennedy Brooks breaking tackles, and the Eagles are finally on the scoreboard. Holding offense, number 47. Whoops. (laughs) It's coming back. Not so fast. (laughs) Nice pull, Mosh. Yeah, it kind of sums it up. Uh, It was an ugly night last night. Zach Berman does a terrific job. Uh, writing about those Philadelphia Eagles for uh, the Athletic joins us. Now, Zach, how are you this morning? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Good. It's a pleasure. Um, before we get into who's going to make the team, who's not going to make the team, what might they do, I'm just curious what you think ultimately Nick Sirianni 
thought of last night. I mean, how his team played, but how the Dolphins handled it. Again, Dolphins could do whatever they wanted. I mean, both literally and figuratively. But, like, what Nick feels he learned from last night. Yeah, I mean, Nick's a competitive guy, so I, I, I can't imagine he enjoyed seeing the way last night went, right? And, and, uh, but I, I don't think they're overstating it, and I, I think they also recognize uh, what the situation is. There's, there's different schools of thought on how to handle the preseason. Uh, Mike McDaniel kept his starters in early that he's from the, the Shanahan coaching tree. You saw in the San Francisco game the other night, Kyle Shanahan did the same. You know, he had his starters out there too. Um, and then from Sirianni's perspective, and, and you saw this a bit last year, and they lean into it more this year, they want to get the week one healthy. That's, 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 that's their objective. And, you know, it's an organizational approach. Other teams have, have done it this way. The Los Angeles Rams under Sean McVay, for instance, uh, are well known for not playing their top guys in the preseason. So you want to be competitive, but the Eagles take far more from the joint practices than they do from the preseason games, at, at least for the top of roster guys. The problem here is they only had one joint practice this week, not two. And how'd that joint practice go the other day? <laughs> not particularly good, to be honest with you. Um, you, you know, I mean, Nick Sirianni said it was Jalen Hurts' best practice since uh, since Nick's been with the Eagles. I, I find that um, to be more defending his guy than what actually happened. Now, there are interpretations that, that reasonable people could have with a play, right? If, if Hertz is checking down and that's the design of the play, um, then he's doing what Sirianni wants on that play. But ultimately, you judge by the result. I was focused more on the defense. You know, I split it up with my beat-up partner, Bo Wolf. I was watching the defense, and I'll say that the defense struggled against Tua, um, and you know the the coverage was not what you wanted to see. Tua was was getting the ball to the right spots. The Eagles were missing some some pieces in their secondary. Uh, nonetheless, they looked much better in Cleveland than in Miami. Right, and uh, oh by the way, Jalen Hurts might have had his best practice ever as an Eagle. He was second best quarterback on the field that day. Uh, not even close to what Tua Tagovailoa did to the Eagles' defense. So I'm with you that I think Nick uh, may have overstated it a little bit. Here's why I, I worry a little bit out of last night, uh, Bo, uh, see if you're on the same page with me. I get it. Dolphins played their starters, went up and down the field, 17 nothing before you could blink, end of the first quarter. Final score was 48-10. So, oh, by the way, Dolphins put up another 31 points thereafter after the starters came off the field. The Eagles' backups didn't do well against the Dolphin backups either. They had no chance against the Dolphin starters, and then they didn't do all that well against the uh, Dolphin backup. How much would we, we be worried about the depth on this Eagle team? I wouldn't be worried too much about it, right? I I, I understand um, that was that was not a fun watch for for fans, and there could be reasons to be concerned. Um, I've covered the Eagles now for eleven seasons. This is my eleventh season, two thousand twenty. They did not have preseason, but the the thing that I've learned here is there's very little correlation between what occurs in the preseason and and what occurs during the regular season. You're you're looking for particular things from players. You can say the Eagles don't have the depth. I I, I would say that um, it's really position by position at the line of scrimmage. I think the Eagles probably have more depth than or or more quality depth. I would say than just about any team 
um, in the NFL. You know, they, you you got to think about it. You're you're very seldom going to spot seventy to eighty on a roster during the season, right? I mean, even if 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 you're hit hard with injuries, you're probably going you know fifty five to sixty five when you include the practice squad. So uh, so I I wouldn't overstate what happened last night. All right, Zach Berman is our guest. You can follow Zach on Twitter at ZBerm. Uh, it is time for teams to uh, pair their roster by 4 o'clock Tuesday. they got to get down to 53, and then they're going to grab a few, lose a few, grab a few. Um, let's start. Uh, let's kind of take it by position. Jody and I were talking earlier. We, we were not impressed with Reed Sinnette. We noticed Carson mm-hmm. Strong can't get on the uh, can't get on the field. They're going to go with just two. They're going to just keep Hurts, Minshew, and kind of take their chances after that. That's that's what I'm projecting here. Uh, now, Howie Roseman's history has been has has trended more toward keeping three quarterbacks. They have had years year where they kept two. Uh, Nick Sirianni's history has been more toward two quarterbacks. Um, obviously, Howie has final say on the roster. My personal opinion is that unless you feel that third quarterback has uh, has a decent chance of becoming a quality backup in the NFL, uh, it's better to just stash a third on practice squad. So, my guess is that Reed Sinet does not make the roster. They keep they keep two on the initial group, um, but uh, that they'll look on the waiver wire to upgrade there. The other thing I'll add is that there's a lot of time between now and Tuesday. You know, I was driving back from the final preseason game last year thinking the Eagles were only going to keep two, and then they trade for Gardner Minshew, right? So yeah. so there's a, there's a lot that could happen from Howie Roseman before those rosters are set. How about the defensive secondary? That was a thing that kind of scared me last night. We know they're good with the starting three, uh, if you're including the uh, nickel cover, which most teams are. That's base defense in the National Football League. I'll put their three against any other three in the National Football League. But injuries happen. Their backups got torched yesterday and in the joint practice, uh, the one they had against the Dolphins. Has anyone really, in your eyes, earned a roster spot? Or a guy's going to make this team because, well, you got to keep some backups just in case. And you're including safety in there, Jody? Yes, I, I, when I say I, yeah. D-backs, corners and safeties. Yep, yeah. So, look, that's, that's, that's the biggest question on the team right now, in my opinion. And, like, if, if, if you're looking for any reason to be concerned this year about their roster, it's the safeties. Um, this is a problem for them. And, you know, we can talk about which safeties they're going to keep. I think, the, I think Howie and the coaching staff is, is, is going to be looking hard at how they can upgrade that spot. I mean, I mean Marcus Epps has played well this summer, and, and Marcus Epps is your top safety. Uh, but the Eagles wanted to upgrade here. I mean, you know, don't listen to them say that, you know, they're happy with the group that they have. They, they tried hard to sign Marcus Williams mm-hmm. in free agency. It, they, you know, he just decided to go to Baltimore. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, I, I'm concerned about the top of the depth chart there, not just who your, you know, who your entire group is. So you can get excited or quibble, if you will, about say Reed Blankenship or Kayvon Wallace, things of that nature. But I think safety is the spot where they need to look hard to see if they can make an upgrade in the next few days. Is, do you anticipate somebody of value kind of sneaking onto the waiver wire or trade? Yeah, so I, I can't imagine you would find a 
starting caliber player on the waiver wire here. You can look via trade. Much easier said than done. And if if they could have done it, I think they would have done it by now. Um, you know, they, it's it's one of those things you, that they 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 might just need to grit their teeth and make do with what they have. And you know, uh, trust and trust the development. Hope you know Anthony Harris has has played a lot of good football in the NFL. And and you know, even if uh, he's older now than he was when he played that, you can hope that knowing where to be and and knowing the defense helps him there. Uh, but I think that, you know, if, if for instance, if Chuck Clark can be traded from Baltimore, that would be a guy you would look for. I just, you know, it's it's hard to find a starting caliber player via trade this time of year. Yeah, by the way, I don't think there's any chance that Chuck Clark gets traded. I talked to a Baltimore guy last week and said that the, the team loves him. Even though they took Hamilton with their first-round pick, they're going to find mm-hmm. a way to get three safeties on the field. So yep. if you're holding out hope on that, I would bet against it. Um, I want to ask, how do we bet on Miles Sanders? Uh, it's the same old thing with Miles. I know it's only been three years. It seems like more than that, but that's all it is. Once again, Biggest ability is availability, and he hasn't been available during this preseason. Uh, just wind him up and, and let him go on week number one, or is there legitimate concern that the Eagles' top back uh, won't be able to make it through the first month of the season? It's a fair question, right? And, and you know, from, from what I've been hearing behind the scenes, there's optimism he'll be back week one. I heard the same thing in 2020, right? And, and he, he, he was not back week one there. And it's it's not just is he back week one. The the question is also is the hamstring injury something that's going to linger throughout the year. I mean, we've seen he can be an explosive running back when he's on the field, um, and we've seen this summer that he's he he, he probably looked as good as he's looked um, since he's been here this, in the early portion of the summer. But this this hamstring injury, you know, has 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 kept him out two weeks now, three weeks, and uh, we'll see how it goes. As far as behind him, I, I think the Eagles could look to add some depth at that spot. The, the belief is is that running back is fairly, you know, it's it, it's a replaceable position. Um, Boston Scott's done decently for them as a reserve the past few years. Gainwell, they think, can you know catch the ball out of the backfield. When you talk about the Eagles' running game, though, the, the, the thing that can't be emphasized enough, in particular when there's fan discussion about that big power back. Is their power back, their goal line back, is their quarterback. That's 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 Jalen Hurts, right? And if you look mm-hmm. at the data, uh, Jalen Hurts has been more productive in short yardage and goal line situations than like Garrett Blunt in 2017, than you know Jordan Howard when he played real well, you know in in 2000 and and and, uh, and 19. So um, so I think that uh, they need to factor Hurts into any evaluation of the running game. All right, Zach, uh, two names. Well, I'm going to throw two names out there, and then you tell me their odds of being cut or traded from this team by uh, opening day and uh, any other big names that you see might leave. The two I want to bring up are Devian Taylor, third-round pick a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. and Jalen Rager, first-round pick. What's their future? Yeah, so I'll I'll address Rager first. And unless Rager's traded, he's going to be on the team. Rager's not going to be cut. Um, Rager has has played well this summer. As of now, he's their top punt returner. Uh, I think he's he's someone that that could still be enticing elsewhere in a change of scenery situation. Um, but he's not someone I see being cut. Like if um, unless he's traded, he's here week one. Uh, uh, Davion Taylor, that's that's a different conversation, and 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 that's harder 
that's harder to project, right? Because he's someone who played his way onto the bubble in the wrong way. If you were projecting this earlier in the, in the summer, you would have said he's on a 53. He's had a tough few weeks here. I think the Eagles liked what they saw from him as a starter last year before the injury, and he does have some tools um, that, that, you know, that, that you, that you want to keep around. That said, they can't keep looking at him as a developmental player in year three. By this point, you need to be confident that he can contribute. He did contribute last year, and I think that's what's ultimately going to keep him. And I don't think there's anyone behind him who you're saying you need to keep on the roster over him. Now, you can go lighter at linebacker and deeper elsewhere, but my guess is at least on that initial 53 on Tuesday afternoon, Davion Taylor makes it. All right. Um, one of the very few bright shining moments of last night's Eagles Dolphin game for me was Grant Calcaterra looks like he can play. And we haven't had a chance to see him because he's been out for most of the preseason, both for the games and uh, uh, for the practices. But he looks like a guy who absolutely has the ability to A, get open and B, make the catch. If Stoll is going to make the team because the Eagles, when they go to uh, two tight ends, want to have a guy in there who can block. Uh, is uh, a three-tight end uh, roster what we're looking at to start the season for the Eagles? Yeah, that's my guess. I mean, Grant Calcaterra, you need to accept what he is. You know, he's, he's basically a, a big wide receiver at this point, right? I, I mean, he has his ways to go as far as blocking and playing in line. Um, but, but you are correct. He can move in space. He can get open. He can run after the catch. Um, you saw that when he was at, at Oklahoma. You saw that when he was at SMU. Um, I do think he's going to be on the roster. Noah Tonkey has played decently this year, or this summer rather, uh, but I think Calcaterra has, has more upside there, so I would expect Calcaterra to make it. All right, Zach, my last question. Um, give us the surprise guy who makes this year's roster. Oh, that is, you know, so um, I, it's, it's a good question, and I, I laugh when you ask it because, like, surprise to someone who might be there every day is different than, you know, you know sure. like, uh, some of these guys become just, just fixtures in your mind, but for fans who are just watching three preseason games, they might not know much about them. I'll give you, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say Josh Job, the undrafted corner from Alabama mm-hmm. who missed the third preseason game, uh, has an elbow injury, and the missed time this past week could work against him. Um, but I think that he played well enough uh, before that to really distinguish himself among the group of, of, you know, like developmental cornerbacks. I would expect him maybe to go on IR on Wednesday uh, and, you know, spend some time there. But uh, I would say Josh Job. And then the other one I would say is Josiah Scott. He was on the roster last year in more of a special teams capacity. I think he makes it as a backup slot uh, slash backup safety. The Eagles like the versatility he has. I, I would kind of compare him almost to like a, a, a poor man, Devontae Maddox, in this defense. And he's also dealing with an injury right now, and so you need to be confident in his health. But the Eagles kept him on the roster at the beginning of last year uh, when he was banged up, and I think they'll try to do the same this year. All right, uh, Zach, my last question is this. Jettisoning two weeks ahead. Um, I think the Eagles will win by double digits week one. It's probably more of a statement that I think the, the Lions, as popular as they may be on hard knocks and Dan Campbell being a guy you kind of root for, I just think they're a bad football team. The Eagles hung a 44th spot on them last year, and I expect them to be able to move the ball against them again this year, even with the addition of Hutchinson on the defensive line. 
I, I get a lot of calls and uh, feedback on uh, the shows that I do, social media. Oh, the game one, you don't want to play the Lions early. You'd rather play them late. They don't know how bad they're going to be. Jody, this is a game the Eagles can lose. I don't buy it. Do you? How, how worried are you for the week one road trip against the Lions? Yeah, I, I, I actually have the opposite opinion in, in terms of when you would want to play them. That's a team you want to play early. When Jameson Williams is on the shelf, Correct. when they have some, some young guys who are still learning, I, I think they're, they're hitting Detroit at, at just the right time. I mean, I mean, week one games can sometimes be a bit fluky, um, but, but you see that more when there's a new coaching staff and you don't know what to expect. I think the Eagles are the superior team. Uh, the one thing I'll say about the Lions is that when you look at their roster, um, they're, they're, they're good up front. And, and when you can block and when you can rush the quarterback, uh, you can stay in some games. But I, I, I don't think they have enough elsewhere. I think the Eagles are the better team. I think the Eagles will be ready in, in that regard. Unless, you know, there are lingering, you know, unless, like, for instance, Jason Kelsey's not playing and, and you know, uh, there are guys who, who uh, are banged up. Uh, but but I, I expect the Eagles to win that game. Um, and I think it, it, it will be problematic if they don't. That's, that's a team that, that you should win. And unlike last year, for instance, when – you know, the Eagles really added those wins late in the year, and you saw that going into the year, that the schedule was softer earlier or, or, or softer later last year, harder earlier. It's the inverse this year. They, they, they can't afford to lose some winnable games early because they have some tough games, you know, come November and December. Uh, very well put. All right, I, I lied. Final last question. Will they win the division this year, Zach? Uh, so if, if you asked me a week ago, I would have said no, uh, because I, you know, I, I think the Cowboys are better than they're getting credit for locally. If if if, if we had the draft players in the NFC East, I, I think uh, they would have the top two picks in Dak in Dak Prescott and Micah Parsons. That said, uh, losing Tyron Smith is huge, and we'll see how they replace him. Um, but the Eagles were already, you know, kind of trending in the right direction, and I think that. Uh, the Smith injury is a big variable at Dallas. If, if, if I had to bet on it, I would still go Dallas because I feel more comfortable with, with what they have at quarterback, and I think ultimately that's the biggest indicator for success. Uh, but it's, it's going to be real close. And regardless, I think both teams make the playoffs. All right, there you go. Zach Berman, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining him. Read him in The Athletic. Follow him at ZBerm on Twitter. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, thank Thanks, you very Zach. Much. Sharp guy. Does a really good job. Except um, I disagree with him. I think the Eagles are going to win the division. I do, too. <laughs> I, I, I thought they were uh, certainly even with the Cowboys before the Tyron Smith injury. Now, uh, I don't want to say it's lopsided, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty darn confident about picking the Eagles on top. I think Eagles are trending up. I think Cowboys are trending down. So um, we yesterday on the pregame show, we kind of got into this, and he just – he brought out the argument that says that, okay, look, if Zach, Dak, Zach, if Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the division, then that gives him a great advantage, and clearly it's the most important position, so having the best quarterback does. However, I think Dak Prescott is a, is a good quarterback. I think, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, so don't hold me to the numbers, but if I'm ranking the 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, he's probably somewhere between 8 and 11 for me. Hurts, I don't know, but if say this year Dak is the number, if Dak is the number five quarterback this year, and Hurts is the number seventeen quarterback this year, 
it's going to be really hard for the Eagles to overcome that to win the division. If Dak, follow me here, is the number 10 quarterback in the NFL and Hertz is the number 14 quarterback, I think the Eagles have enough talent elsewhere that they can do that without a big problem. I'll buy into your four spot, what would you say, 10 and 14? Yeah. I'll buy into your four spot differential. Actually, I think they'll both be a little further down the list, as a matter of fact. I think Dak might be outside the top 10, and Jalen might not get as high as 14. But let's say it's 12 and 16 or 13 and 17. You're right. If there's only four spots between them, that's nothing. Right. And the Eagles have the better other 52 guys. Yes. They're going to win the division. Indeed. We agree. Yes. Well, and man, by the may, way, I, I let me give you one other another bandwagon. Yeah, there you go. Um, one other group that thinks higher of Dak Prescott than you and I. I was watching whatever preseason game was on after the Eagles were over and done with when I was on the air last night. Shame on me for I can't remember it. Because um, it really didn't matter. But it was on my TV while I'm doing my show till 2 right. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's just there. They've got the crawl going underneath. The NFL players voted for the top 100 players oh, in the NFL. Oh, yeah, they're nuts. They've got uh, uh, 20 through 1 to yet to be revealed, which I think they're doing tonight maybe. Um, Dak Prescott was like number 28, the 28th best player overall in the National Football League. I'm, I'm saying, how many quarterbacks are in front of him? Not that many. If he's 28th overall in the NFL, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm with you. You and I see Dak a lot alike. He's a he's a good quarterback. He's a borderline very good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. Mm-mm. He is not going to pick the Dallas Cowboys up and drag him on the by his shoulder uh, to uh, 13 wins this year without Amari Cooper. May not have Gallup to start the season. He doesn't even have the weapons that he's had previously. Right. I don't know where Dak to the rescue comes from. And Zeke may be on last legs, which is going to hurt him. He's actually, I heard, I did a Dallas Cowboy preview spot uh, last night with my guy John Machota from The Athletic, the Zach Berman of Dallas, and he said uh, Zeke has looked really good in camp. Okay, we'll see how it plays out over 17 games. All right. Hey, coming up, uh, what we're watching, Jody and I, now only one episode so far for me, Jody. House of Dragons, you? Yeah, one episode for all of us. They haven't okay. aired number two yet. We got to wait. Well, some people tonight. saw. Some people got advanced review copies. Oh, really? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. 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 No, nor did I. Anyway, we're going to review the spinoff, well, the prequel, I guess, to Game of Thrones coming up next, and we will take your calls two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack, now Sunday on ninety four WIP. All right, it is time for what we are watching. Brought you a guide door and window. Uh, visit the showroom or visit them at their website at gogada.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A dot com. All right. Uh, Jody, this Jody. I love the way uh, Snoop says it. This is Jody. <laughs> Jody. Um, last Sunday was the premiere of House of Dragons, the prequel um, spinoff, but prequel to Game of Thrones and it drew 10 million viewers. And by the way, this was early in the week, so how many more have come to see it since then? Right. Which was the highest number ever for any original HBO show, higher than Game of Thrones ever drew, higher than Sopranos ever drew, The Wire. Unbelievable number. Huge success as a premiere. But I come to you today, Jody Mack, to ask you, was this success as a show? 
Yes and no, and I'll explain. And early in the show, uh, you weren't quite as optimistic about the Phillies that I was. Uh, and couple one of the callers called you on the carpet and unfairly critiqued you. Well, it's my turn to be Mr. Negative here. Um, here's my problem, Glenn. And the, the numbers are outrageous and more power to HBO. I enjoyed the show. I thought it was very well done. I thought it was going to be difficult with the bar that was set by Game of Thrones. And I thought they did a darn good job of getting there, keeping the similarities, making some differences because it's supposed to be a hundred and change years earlier than when Game of Thrones happened. Here's my problem. Uh, Two, number one, you're probably better with the accents than I am Mm -hmm. because you watch all those British uh uh, whodunit shows. I do. Uh, so I, I, good thing that I have it on tape. I don't watch it live because I'm still on the air on CBS Sports Radio at 9 o'clock on Sundays, but I tape it and I watch it immediately thereafter at 10 o'clock. So if I miss something, I can just rewind and see if I can pick it up. And even two or three times, I still don't understand what they're saying. I'm just not as good at hearing and understanding accents. And I know it's not supposed to be British, but most of them sound British to me, whatever the accent is of that time and that place. Uh, but the acting was good and the storytelling was good. Uh, hold on. Can was... I just I got I got yeah. I got two words. Closed caption. You know, I, I do it all the, the time. I got I do it the all ability the time. to do that. I do you it just all the push time. A couple buttons on the... See, I usually don't like it because usually on the television shows that I watch, they're just speaking English and I can understand well, them well. So yes. I, I don't think to do that. That's an excellent suggestion. I have you, I do that sometimes with those British shows. Like, you know, some guy from the streets of Ireland, like, hey, mate, how do you favor him? And it's like, I have no idea what he just said. Judy, what did he say? She goes, I don't know. Closed caption, but I will I will do that tonight. Thank you very much. Problem solved. And here's the other big problem that I have with it. And this is uh, all my own problem. I, before it came on, I wanted to get a feel for it. So I read a review or two. And then after the first episode, I read, why do we have to overanalyze everything? <laughs> that <laughs> what it's read. It's oh, it's empowering of women and the fact oh, that I read that. can yeah, actually read take that. over, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. degrading of women because yeah, of the sexual yeah, scenes and the yeah. blah, blah. Why can't I just sit down and watch an hour of good television, right. entertaining television? Yeah, Why do we you. have to overanalyze everything? This was set hundreds of years ago, but we have to try and figure out how in our society in 2022, what is it saying about us as a societal that we produce this television? Shut up! Just let me watch an hour of entertaining television. <laughs> um, yes, I I agree. My hand is up. I agree. Uh, what else you got? That's about it. It was right. well done. I liked it. Right. I thought I it like was very it. good. I'll be watching it all the way through. Uh, I didn't pick up Game of Thrones to like two seasons in. Oh, so I went then four. I binged. Yeah, me too. And then then watched all the way through every single Sunday, and I will do the same with this, and I will never read another review out of it again. Cause Here's just my concern with this, which was part of my challenge with Game of Thrones, because I didn't, I like missed Game of Thrones for the first few years, and part of it is because my wife and I watch TV together. I watch so much sports, and I'm out all the time that when we watch TV, we pick shows together, and that's what we do. And she watched like two episodes of Game of Thrones at the beginning, and she said, like, I'm out. 
So I was out. But then after a couple of years, I realized, like, this is an important show. And if I'm going to even even do something as trivial as this, right, what we're watching, and I like TV and this is an important show, I got to do it. So she she said, I'll give it another chance. And we binged the first, like, 60 episodes in 60 days. We watched an episode a night forever. And when you do that, it's so much easier to follow. My biggest thing, and we do agree the last season of Game of Thrones was, was such a disappointment, right? No. Oh, I thought I it was thought, fine. Oh, no. I thought the ending was just, like, thrown together. Okay. Oh, no. I, 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 I didn't was, like the I ending. And you're right. It was a horrendous ending. All right. Moshe was right. a big so, devotee. Sorry. I'm, I'm easier to please. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I thought it was fine. It didn't okay. take, oh, my God, the greatest ending to the greatest show ever. It kind nah. of finished up, but I didn't think it was bad. It was nah. entertaining, but it did a horrible job wrapping up the storylines. I thought so. Anyway, I don't want to get stuck on that. What I want to say is a show like this, for me, is easier, not if I watch it once a week, but if I just like watch it all and if I binge it. And so what I may do now is like let three or four episodes go by and then and then watch it. I liked it. I thought the story was good. Um, in terms of the angle with women, this the the it's kind of like secession and the sense that women don't belong in it, that women can't run things. But of course, we're going to find out otherwise because that young woman is gonna is gonna end up running the whole thing. I didn't read the books. So I don't know all these forerunner characters, people who are really into it, and most I think you may be among them. Yes, like indeed. know the this place was this and this foretold that, and right, most you 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 get that aspect that I don't, right? Yeah, I, I okay. literally within a week before the first episode had finished reading the book that the show is based on. Well, it's not the entire book, but Fire and Blood, which is kind of like a a history book about the Targaryens and Westeros, and honestly, it was pretty spot on to the series of events there were a few changes that because i had read the book so recently i was overly critical of but yeah. you guys are right it, it was good it was enjoyable the one thing and i'm going to try and say this without any spoilers is that near the end of the episode they introduced something that connects back to the original show yeah that it was cool is both cool also a total retcon of of Something of what happens at the end of the show with uh, Jody. What did he call uh, it? Retcon. Yeah, that's what I thought. Retroactively changing the continuity. Uh, Jody. Jody. May I just say, nerd alert. Hold yes, on. absolutely, Hold on. Glenn. I'm a hundred percent a nerd. Hold on. <laughs> Whoosh. That's it going over my head. <laughs> Retcon. All right, so here they changed but, the origin of something in that oh, world. I get it. But I know. the there, it sounds like they're going to change what. The, the main woman's driving forces right, to become getting, you're, queen you're and that too kind far of over me. the rim motion. That's you're, what you're, I'm I'm give you wanted the uh, the nerd yes, assessment Mac, and that's what I gave you. Yeah, I got the nerd assessment. Here's here's the deal. And I didn't read the books, but I still love the show and I know that people who read the books like you probably have this whole other level and discuss it all and that's great. And I and I did see some Easter eggs re referencing the original series like little things that drop like oh yeah i get that it's it's a soap opera with swords and sandals and and sorcery and, and I, lots I, of blood and however yeah, i read the stuff that jody read and what they are doing in this the original started in 2011 this is 2022 it's going house of dragons is going to have less blood and sorry fellas less nudity than the original. 
or or is there promoting it more tasteful nudity? Which, to be honest, I I didn't vote for that. No, nor did I. So uh, that's it. I liked it. I loved the jousting tournament that they did. I thought that was pretty exciting. That that, that was, if not bloody, dismemberment was pretty good. I, yeah. I enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, it was pretty good. I agree. Um, I, I am told there will be more childbirth scenes coming in future episodes. That was pretty rough. Okay. Yeah, we get more of those coming. Yeah, it's um, going to be – I know a big complaint a lot of people had with Game of Thrones was, I can't remember who anybody is. There's too yes, many characters. Right. That will happen, and there's going to be some really similar names, and it's going to be confusing. Yeah, that was hard, and that's why, to me, watching it all like in in 60 consecutive nights was much easier than a week later. It's like, Judy, wait, was that the guy who had the brother from the castle in the place? You know, I just like just binged it, and then it was much easier – um, and yeah, the names are hard to do, but whatever. It's just focused on one family instead of what three, four last time. Mac, so, if if you'd allow me, uh, yeah. for those who would complain about that, here's what I would say: for you and I, who are of a certain age, when you didn't pick up on something, it was gone. It was done. If you didn't pick up on it, you had no chance. Nowadays, you tape everything. Yeah. If it's not on your DVR, it's streaming somewhere. You can go back. If you miss something, go back and watch it again and figure it out. Don't complain about, oh, my God, there's so much I have to remember. We'll do the work then. If you're that worried about it, that bothered by it, go back and figure it out. Are you saying that to me or to Mosh? To anybody. Oh, yeah, okay. To anybody who complains about it. I just binge it, and then I, I like pick it up through osmosis i 100 percent agree jody it's okay. easy enough there's there's all the information you need is out there whether you rewatch an episode or just google your question it, exactly it, don't right. don't get frustrated homework <laughs> aside i liked it i find it very promising i give it a b plus obviously has a lot to live up to to be even as close as the epic that was game of thrones one of the best shows in the history of tv but i thought it was off to a good start again b plus Jody, you say? Yeah, that's good by me. B plus. I'm good with a B plus. B B plus. All right, uh, Mosh. Again, yeah, I'd say I'd say a B. I hear that, Jody. A little more critical. Uh, As I said, I, I I finished reading the book too quickly, and it's it's got me over. I'm being overly critical of it for sure. Uh, nerd, nerd alert. I'm. I'll I'll own up to it. A hundred percent. We appreciate okay. it. No, we needed the nerd point of view. Thank you very much for delivering, Mosh. Right. I'll be here every week. So that's that's our what we're watching, and uh, I guess we both recommend it, and it's on tonight. So there you yeah. go. Right. I'll be watching it on tape because I'm on the air when it's on. And if there's nothing I understand, even after putting closed captioning on it, I'll just go back and watch it again. Yeah, and I think what I'm going to do again, I'm going to wait a couple of weeks, and I'm just going to watch them all in a row. That works better for me. All right, so, so I don't, gotta don't remember tell me. not to reference anything. Yeah, don't tell me anything. Yeah, right. You got accused of spoilers. I forget when it was. Oh, I think it was at the end of Better Call Saul. You posted something the oh, next day. Oh, People, man, they were you up in arms talk, you. You want to talk about a show that went uh, backwards at the end. You think Game of Thrones did. How bad was the ending of Better Call Saul? I was disappointed in it. And what's funny is most people I talked to thought it was good. I'm oh. with you. I'm oh. with you. Uh, and people say, no, nah, it was good because he finally owned up to his sins. Saul Goodman became Jimmy. And I thought, like, nah, I didn't oh. like the end. I thought it was uh, borderline horrific. 
Yeah. Terrible ending. God awful. Right. Maybe because I was that big a fan of the show and thought it was so great that I raised my expectations. But I thought the last three or four episodes were terrible. Especially since Breaking Bad wrapped up so well. Correct. All right. So, Jody, two words for the day. Close caption. I'm going to remember that for tonight. Okay. Hold on. I got one yeah. question. Yeah. When you DVR something. Yeah. No problem. You can p- no, you put come the back closed after. caption on even a taping. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't have to do it as you DVR. You can come back to it. Okay, all right. Thank all right. you. Not a problem. Uh, we got to take a break. Uh, we also uh, chatted so much that we chased away all the callers. So if you want to talk about the Phillies being part of Jody's bandwagon, if you yes. want to talk about the Eagles um, either last night or just. Again, we both have a lot of optimism going into the season. We would love to hear from you now. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. 215-592-9494. We had a pretty full board, and then we uh, we took an interview, and then we uh, did what we're watching and gabbed a while, chased away all our callers. So if you want to get in, this would be a good time. Obviously, we're talking about the Eagles approaching the season, the end of last, the just what is it, what do they say Jody take the film and burn it from last night what was learned nothing nothing good anyway right well but you you need that nothing good you, they they still have decisions to make on the roster does it massively move the needle because of last night's game did i reevaluate my eagle stance of 11 wins down to 8 no of course not but they have some roster decisions they have to make and i would absolutely use some of that film to base some of those decisions on right Okay, that's fine. And it's it's largely going to be guys who are not familiar names to fans, right? It's going to be uh, uh, Kayvon Wallace, who, who actually fans do know his name, but he's been kind of d- disappointing, and Jaquiski Tart, who has a great name, who they signed this offseason, Kerry Vincent Jr. It's going to be... Guys like that at the end of the roster. I don't see any big shakeup between now and then. Um, if they were to add someone, you don't have to give me a name because we don't know the names. What would you predict as a position between now and then that the Eagles would pick up? Safety. And yeah. I don't. I think the pickings are going to be a little slim. Yeah. I know a lot of names have gotten kicked around, and uh, on the stream that I do on my Birds 365 show, uh, a lot of Eagle fans chime in on. Uh, they can get Jesse Bates from Cincinnati. No, they can't. They can get Chuck Clark from uh, the Ravens. They've already got a start. No, they can't because the Ravens are going to play three safeties this year. They're going to start three safeties. Though their safeties are good enough that they can play cover and as corners, so you're not going to get those guys. Yeah, they'll probably take a poke and hope at a guy um, that is better than the guys they have. Again, uh, judging from my calls on WIP and the streaming uh, stuff that we do, um, some people think Jaquiski Tart, Jaquaski Tart, excuse me, is uh, the best Eagle safety on this roster. That's not saying much. That's a problem. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone who questions the fact that Marcus Epps has become the best safety, but the fact that we even are considering Tart as their potential base, best, best safety tells you it's not a good safety group right now. No, I think they're pretty weak there. And Anthony Harris, I don't know what he has left. And Marcus Epps, to me, is just a guy. They've really improved at cornerback. But, yes, that would be their problem. Of course, you can mitigate that with a great pass rush. They invested a lot this offseason in the pass rush, Hassan Reddick being the prime free agent that they signed for big money, local kid, 
double-digit sacks in recent years. We'll see how he fits the system. And, I, I mean, I think you also hope that Jordan Davis is the kind of guy who can collapse the pocket, collapse the middle, cause the quarterback to have to run around, and then you get the sack there. Optimistic about that? Maybe. And here's why Ooh. I say that, and here's what I mean. Um, of the Eagles' defensive linemen who have played in the preseason games and the three, not four because of a stomach flu in Miami, uh, joint practices they had that the Eagles put a lot of emphasis on. The one guy who's really, for me, stepped up is the old man in the sea, Brandon Graham, that he has played well. And uh, I love looked, when you throw in Hemingway, Jody. Yeah, thank you. Uh, he, he has looked like he's turned back the clock two years. And other than that, what has Fletcher shown anything here in preseason? Nothing. Javon Hargrave injured. I know that everybody loves Jordan Davis, and we had him on WIP. The camera and I had him come into the trailer. I heard that. God, it was himself. great. He's a really good guy. You want to root for him. He's got he a lot is. of personality. What has he done? He hasn't well, made any plays. He had? Well, he's played more than the other guys on the defensive line because he's a rookie. At least they put him out there. He started last night's game. He didn't get to Tua when Tua took seven seconds to throw it 85 yards to uh, Hill downfield last yeah, night. I guess. I guess. And he's a rookie. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not questioning the pick. I'm not saying he's not going to be a very good player. All I'm saying is. He really hadn't done anything yet. So yeah. we're, we're assuming, and I've heard Hassan Reddick has looked good in practice, and that's so hard to judge, pass rushing, because you can't sack your own quarterback, and he does get pressure on Jalen on a day-in, day-out basis. I hope the pass rush is there. I don't know that it's there yeah. yet. I want to see it. I want to see Jared Goff go down four or five times opening week. Then I'll feel much better about the Eagles' improved <laughs> pass rush. Um, I am with you because the pass rush was a huge weakness last year. One name that you didn't mention, or maybe you mentioned in passing, but a guy who, to me, has to really step up for them is Josh White. Sweat. Who They gave him the big contract kind of on spec that he was going to do it. They gave it to him thinking, hey, this is going to end up being a bargain for us. Wasn't last year. We'll see how it is this year. They got a lot of names. Um, they got a lot of bodies, you know, so you, it, it would appear you have depth. If you have Graham and Sweat as your, as your defensive ends, backed up by Derek Barnett, which is, again, another question. We'll see what he can do. And, and, and um, Hassan Reddick, either tight end or linebacker, call it what you want, but rushing the passer. You get another year out of Fletcher Cox. You don't play him as much. He's okay. Jordan Davis, he and Jordan Davis kind of split there. I think that I like that. Uh, Javon Hargrave, if healthy, plays. Milton Williams. That's not bad, Jody. I don't know anybody makes the Pro Bowl this year out of that group. If somebody does, I would hope it would be Sweat because he's the one who's moving up. Or Reddick. Should have said Reddick. But um, it's certainly a lot better than what you had last year. Here's what I have a lot of faith in with the Eagles' defense. I think they're going to be very hard to run against. But for all those reasons that you just listed, the depth they have on the defensive line, improved linebacker play, uh, White and uh, Dean stepping in to add to Edwards, who's uh, in. People forget that this time last year, 
T.J. Edwards wasn't even in the mix. Yeah. Nobody was talking about him. Yeah, he was a, a reserve special teamer that, uh, good for him, he made the team as an undrafted free agent. He's their best linebacker and was really good the second half of the season. I think teams are going to have a tough time running against the Eagles. So if you can get the pass rush and you've got your starting corners back out there, yeah, you can be good. But they got to get the pass rush. And yeah. until we actually see it in the games, we, we can only speculate how good or good it won't be. Let me sneak V in here. V from Sharon Hill. You're on with Jody and Glenn. How you doing? Hey. Good morning, gents. Um, I'm glad you guys brought up um, Devin Allen on the Eagles. Um, there's got to be a way he makes this team, even if he's on the practice squad or the special teams. He definitely has talent. I understand he's older, and I've had people argue with me about his age, but he is fast. Yeah, I don't think his uh, age should matter because, quite literally, he's not slowing down. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm like, he's fast. He makes things happen, and I like that. Last week, watching him catch that ball, how he... He tracked it was, like, amazing. Like, he kept with it. And then watching him take down that guy, you know, and causing the fumble was pretty awesome. And That, that might have helped him. Jody, that play, the, the, the bomb he caught last week was impressive. Right. But I think they don't, they're not quite set that his receiver skills are good enough to yet make him a top five. But if you're that guy and you can help on special teams, Jody, maybe that's what puts him on the team. That's what I said earlier. Uh, I, Deion Kane last night was disappointing for me because he had had as good a week the week before. Um, Devin Allen brings something. Uh, Deion Kane catch the football, make the eight-yard grab, move the chains, always nice. Having a guy who can get behind the defense and help you on special teams, if, I were, if it came down to those two guys, I'm keeping Allen, not Kane. Yeah, see, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. And as far as the Phillies, I'm always on board with them. I had a big, like, blowout with Joe the camera about it because he kept criticizing them. And I'm like, but if they're your team, it shouldn't matter. Because he would say, well, are you on board yet? I'm like, no, I mean, V, we do criticize our team. And, and thanks for the call. Always nice to hear from you. I mean, we're not – our job is not to weigh pom-poms. When we right. agree that something great is happening, we'll tell you. But when it's not, we'll tell you that, too. 215-592-9494. We're going to go another half an hour, and then we got leading off, helping you, leading you off to the Phillies' closer against the Pirates. They aim to sweep today. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now. 94 WIP. 215, excuse me, 215-592-9494. Let me say that in English. 215-592-9494. I'm Glenn Mack. Now, Jody McDonald is with me, and we are taking up to uh, 1230. We start leading off Phillies against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jody, the Phillies are 18-2 and in their last 20 against teams with winning records. I am not as much of a betting man as you may be, but something tells me I kind of like those odds today. Yeah, they well, but I also subscribe at least in part to the do factor, and they're actually due to lose one of these games against a bad team. Uh, can you go four out of four and then three out of? I know how bad both the Reds and the Pirates are, but yeah, at some point you got to have a bad day where uh, the other team's pitcher isn't quite as bad as maybe looks on paper, and guys just have a couple of bad at bats. 
I hope they win. Um, uh, you're right. If I had to bet the game, I'm betting the Phillies. Uh, but I, 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 I wouldn't go heavy today because they'll be a heavy favorite. Uh, and if they lose today, I'm not uh, pulling the bandwagon over and stopping it or putting it in the garage. No, no, no. The bandwagon stays in place and keeps rolling. The Pirates' starting pitcher today is Ronzi Contreras. Who, what, where, what'd you say? Yeah, he's 21, so he's, you know, a kid. Okay. Must be must be a prospect. You're not calling up a 21-year-old. He's uh, actually pitched 63 innings this year. Um, and he has an ERA of, I lost it, 483. Mm, it's not great. Yeah, it's not horrible, but it's not great either. Well, for and the Pirates, how, how do you, you spell know? that first name? R-O-A-N-S-Y. Okay, Ronzi. All right. Yeah, I wouldn't mind rooting for a Ronzi, but he's a pirate today, so we won't be rooting for him. And the Phillies have Syndergaard, who uh, in his last three starts looked pretty good. Again, all against bad teams, but, you know, I got the, a win's a win. And uh, I think he seems like a nice pickup. And here's the thing that uh, some of the uh, not as heavily situated on the bandwagon uh, guys as I am are so, oh, he's not getting strikeouts. He's not getting swings and misses. Uh, he's not as dominating as he once was when he had the hair flowing with the New York Mets. He started four games. The Phillies have won four games. What more do you need to know? That, yeah. Again, don't overanalyze. Don't overthink it. It's been 11 years since they made the postseason. Bask in what's going right rather than overanalyze and nitpick what's going wrong. I agree. I absolutely concur. In a minute, I want to talk to you just about the the state of baseball in terms of the lack of balance, but let's get a few calls in here first. Joe in Haddon Heights has got some thoughts on the Eagles game. What's on your mind, Joe? Hey, guys. First off, is this going to be a Sunday thing, Mac and Mac back together? During the that season? is correct. That oh, my is gosh. Correct. Except, I, I, except when the Eagles play at 1 o'clock on Sundays. Right. Oh, okay. Glenn will be hosting the pregame show, and I'll be sitting at home getting ready for an NFL day action across wow. the field. Wow. That takes me back to the days of uh, Ricky Waters and for who, for what. Uh, so I, just, remember the I remember you guys back then. Yeah. And hold on a second, because you brought up a memory. Jody, you remember Pizzeria, Pizzeria Uno. Pizzeria Uno. Yep, yep. And it's before cell phones. So I don't even know how we got that. I guess his agent calls the studio. Correct. And says, hey, if Jody and Glenn would like, Ricky Waters is in the neighborhood, and he would like to come on their show, come to Pizzeria Uno, sit in with him, and tell the Eagles that they should sign him. Right? Am I remembering that correctly? One hundred percent correct. And That's he before did. we signed him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Jeez. He was doing an audition for the Eagles on our show from Pizza Riono. It was great. Oh, that's so funny. I'd forgotten that. Oh yeah, it was great. Jeez. But no, I just I mean for for me and I, I think I speak for a lot of people in Philly, just hearing you guys together, uh brings back great days of, of you know, the Eagles in the past and it's kinda like uh Bringing uh, Christmas and Hanukkah and St. Patrick's Day all together. <laughs> so I just want to say thanks. That's, but I, that's I, very I, nice. I want to get excited about this season. I am excited with the additions they made and the, and the Howie roller coaster of oh we love Howie's great and oh Howie should have done this and we don't like Howie. Um, the running game is what turned their season around last year and plus some bad opponents too. But where do we sit this year? I mean we we got Miles Sanders who's got potential but didn't even score a touchdown last year, so there was no confidence in using him in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Do we have a running game that we can get excited about that's going to be support for Jalen Hurts? 
I'm okay with their running game. And, uh, Glenn, I know a couple people that I work with in addition to you, the camera, the show I did with them, Johnny Mack, my Birds 365 partner, are leaning toward, and the Eagles need to do exactly what they did last year. Not happening. You can, you can want it. You can believe it. You can quote the numbers from last year. They didn't pay A.J. Brown the kind of money they paid him to come in to be a decoy for the Eagles running game. No, no they're right. going to throw the football. Jalen Hurts is going to be given every chance to prove he can climb into the top half of quarterbacks in the league. They want to throw the football. They will try and throw the football, and it will have to be a, an equivalent start to last year for them to revisit it. Okay. I mean, I, I see him being more than just a game manager. I think he's a, above that. I don't. I wouldn't put him as an elite or a top ten quarterback in the league. Maybe on the fringe of the top ten. But uh, I, I believe in and Jay uh, Joe. Excuse me, Joe. Thanks so much. I think I believe in him. Well, not as much as people who just you know say the kid's going to be an all timer. He's going to be a Pro Bowler, best quarterback in the history of the Eagles, and there are those. Callers who say that, they just have such faith in it, and that's fine. That's their right to do it. And then there are people who say, like, nah, he's just there until they can get the next quarterback. That's why they traded for the Saints draft pick. Uh, I think he'll be better than next year. I think he'll be good enough to get to the playoffs and win a playoff game. I think if you have a really strong team around him, maybe, just maybe, this team can, dare I say, go back to the Super Bowl. The running game, Jody, my thought is it's there if you need it. Right. You know you can do it. Um, it's the same faces as last year, and I don't see precipitous decline among any of those guys. The offensive line is so great that if you need to run the ball, sure, they can run the ball. Um, Hertz is an elusive runner. I've always liked Boston Scott a, a good amount. I mean, I guess Sanders is the question just because he's always hurt, but when he's not hurt, he's yeah, – listen, his average – over the years, average per carry is one of the best in the league. So here's here's I have the faith one. In it. Here's the one thing that scares me about the Eagle upcoming offense and this season, and it's my projection as to what the play calling is going to be and what they'd like to do and how they'd like to go about winning games. The one thing that I think could actually be missed is Jalen pulled it down and ran a lot last year. And he made big plays. He, he is capable of making a splash play, a 10-plus play, call it whatever you want. Anytime he pulls the ball down and goes, if they are as dedicated to the passing game as I think they will be and want to be, that was pretty effective last year. Yeah, they, they did move the ball down the field in a good part because of his ability to take it off and run. I hope we don't lose that. I get it. It has to decline some because if you're going to throw it more, that means you're running it less. But I hope they don't do that. It gets so ingrained in his thought process that when the field is wide open in front of him, he's got 20 yards of grass. He doesn't say, yeah, but we're passing the football. So I need to try and make this pinpoint perfect pass when you can just turn it up and take 18. I, I fear that that's something that we might be talking about two or three, three or four weeks into the season. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. You don't. You want to. It's a fine line, right? Because you want to keep his legs as a weapon. Yep. But get him away from abandoning the pocket early when he's got all those talented receivers. Fine so, line yeah. is exactly what it is. You're right, Mac Man. Yeah. By the way, if I may predict. Uh, and my my family fantasy draft is tomorrow night. 
I'm going to get Dallas Goddard in a middle round, and I'm going to the dividends will be tremendous. Who's in the family fantasy draft? Not Uncle Bob. Uh, he passed away. Oh. Well, the, my my the other Uncle Bob, uh, my my cousin, my brother-in-law Bob, who is Uncle okay. Bob to my kids. So who's in the family fantasy league? Me, my kids, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, my other brother-in-law, my niece. Uh, my 21-year-old nephew, who stole the trophy from me two years ago, we won it two back-to-back. Uh, various other cousins and things like that. How many total 12. players? Twelve. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and with your two sons, you're not afraid one of them is going to grab, Dal- uh, grab Dallas Goddard before you? Are they not Eagle fans? Um, Ted is an Eagle fan living in Boston. Right. So I'm not sure that he's keeping up with it. And Alex, who has won the league basically starts following football as the Eagles make the playoffs. <laughs> he's, he's he's not a big fan. Okay. He'll get there, and it's like, oh, wait, there's something. Your, Dad, you're hosting a party with food for the Eagles? Oh, I'll be there. Then then you got a chance to get Goddard in oh, yeah, a yeah, so. good position. All right, I good. So. I, I thought one of your sons was going to just – you're about to make the selection. Two picks my, at uh, a time. You know, my Alex nephew. Alex now takes Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles. No, my t- my twenty one. He's twenty one. No, he's not twenty one. I think he's nineteen. My nineteen year old nephew David, who lives in Havertown and is an Eagle fan, and as I said, he took the trophy two years ago and kept it. So he he may be the one. He may he may get Goddard. But All right, you better hope he takes Andrews in the uh, third round rather than waiting for Goddard in the fourth, where he takes him just before you're going to take him. Yeah, I, I was hoping even later, but we'll see. Are you doing fantasy football this year? I got one team, yeah. Yeah? Who's it with? Who's your I, league? Uh, a bunch of friends. Uh, okay. And I, 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 I screwed myself in fantasy football because one year I had five teams, and it was just idiotic yeah, because you're rooting against other teams. <laughs> right. and your guy is playing, right. and you want your guy to score. But, oh, shoot, I'm playing him in the other league. And it just uh, annoyed me so much that I got down on it. I'm, I'm a bigger fantasy baseball guy than I'm ever playing. Fantasy, fantasy baseball is actually – and by the way, I'm sorry. Let me give the numbers. 215-592-9494. And I see Jay. I'll get to you. Well, sorry that we're chit-chatting, but we are. F- fantasy baseball is actually better because you have to be more active – and your seasons don't get destroyed if you have a couple guys injured, which is basically the biggest flaw of fantasy football. You can be out of it by week four. You're making waiver wire moves, but it, there are so many injuries in football that if you get hit early, you're cooked. And fantasy baseball doesn't have that as much. It depends on your commitment to it. How much do you care? How much time do you want to put in? If you want to put time in, baseball's better. If you don't want to put time in and just kind of roll the dice like you say, okay. you yeah. get screwed by football because you get a couple of key injuries, you're dead in the water, well, then you just move off it. It all comes down to your mindset going into the season. I put too much time into it, which is why I now have – well, I guess I'm in two leagues now because the – Conchock and Brewing Company has a league, and they wrote oh. me into that. So I'll be in two leagues, but we Very do the nice. one draft tomorrow. I've done zero research, Joni. Will, will you threaten to fire anyone if they beat you in fantasy football for the Conchock and Brewer? No. no I, I don't have that power. Oh, okay. uh, I thought maybe you could use it to your advantage that uh, uh, you could. Uh, yeah, and you are you enjoy working here while you're in first place in the fantasy football? Just double-checking there, Sonny, or... Uh, my, Bobby or Tommy or my my percentage guys. of ownership is not that I can wield a you know uh, okay a big bat thought, thought maybe thought maybe you did uh, quick question I have the third overall pick okay 
So we know the first overall pick, that, that's easy. If I have the th- Jonathan Taylor, I, I don't know if you've done any research yet. It, I have, and it comes down to, and the league that I'm in has got some different rules. I would almost go borderline wacky rules, oh. so we don't use Ours standard. Ours pretty standard. Uh, then I understand. And, and I think they will adjust to this. And I just had a fantasy guest on one of my national shows, and a lot of leagues have done that, less points um, for certain things. Uh, running backs are not nearly as valuable in real football played on Sunday, I know. the fighting I know. NFL games, but in fantasy football, they're still prime candidates. Yeah, they're 10 of the top 12 picks, whereas quarterbacks, who mean everything in real football, don't start going until the fourth round. It's, it's a big flaw. I agree. It is. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll either get Henry or McCaffrey, I imagine. <clears throat> Can't go wrong with either of those two guys. Right. All right. Jay NSL has been hanging in. Hey, Jay, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? I hope you can hear me. I'm mobilizing yeah. out of the area. Uh, this call is it, uh, not specific to our great Philadelphia sports team. It's more of a, a call of thanks and encouragement for you two guys, which I've listened to uh, over the years. Um, years back, I wrote a nice letter to Harry Callis thanking him for the joy that he brings into people's lives. My folks, and uh, I've had experience with nursing homes where people just wait every day to hear people from sports talk and everything, and it's so valuable to them. Uh, even uh, even uh, Jim Gardner, uh, you know, I think he's retiring pretty soon. I must yes. have had a thousand dinners uh, with him and, and the great joy that they have. So this is mostly just a thanks to you guys, and don't underestimate the value uh, that you have to these people and the joy you bring in their lives. Uh, you're a big part of it, so keep up the good work. Well, that's that's really nice all I just want to say. Okay, yeah. thank you, guys. God thank bless. you. That, that is very nice of you. And, and, I mean, I think I speak for both of us that uh, we, we never fail to appreciate uh, the people who are nice enough to allow us into their homes, into their cars, uh, as they're working wherever and listen to us. I, uh, You and I, again, we've been doing it in this market for a long time, and it's a real privilege to be able to just talk to people and have people listen to you and uh, I've realized over time that people regard you as a friend and they want to know how's your family doing, you know, what's going on. Um, and I, I will always appreciate that. Same exact here. And the one thing that I have to fight myself on, Glenn, is not to let social media affect my thinking. Because not everybody <laughs> uses it. I use it. You use yeah, it. We're on right. Twitter all the time. Twitter is uh, not real life, they say. It, it really isn't. And from time to time, I get either annoyed or perturbed or uh, depressed because uh, uh, someone's taking pot shots or whatever. And I have to just let that run off the the back like the water off a duck uh, and know that there are people out there that really do enjoy listening to our show and get a lot out of it uh, whenever we hop on the air and not let the naysayers uh it, it get inside your head i have learned to do that uh and not let the trolls get the better of me um mute is a really nice thing when you need to do it but yeah um so there was what, one other what, topic what yeah, we go. do last week uh mad mac 
because uh, oh god it was got, great oh i got so many great suggestions for that yes <laughs> i i yeah i kind of got a little perturbed and that's yeah, on air stuff though. which is which is fine I, if yeah. you're gonna call and you're gonna question me or a bad mouth or whatever I, at least have the nerve enough to pick up the phone and do it so i give that guy credit i thought he was the biggest negative nelly i had had in two months on the air and that's why i uh handled it the way that i did but yeah i still let twitter get to me from time to time and shame yeah. on me okay uh, by the way, the Pirates have yet to release their lineup for today. I have no idea why that is. Really? Uh, yeah. It's an hour before the game, and they still have not. We know Ronzi's on the, on the bump, but we don't, know, uh, we don't know what else. So I, just, I did want to bring this up before the end of the show and get your take on it, because you've been in, involved in baseball all your life. Your father's been a life from baseball. And I've seen bad baseball teams before, and I've seen you know imbalance of power. But I think it's getting worse and worse. Um, you know, at the top, Jody, you have the Dodgers who, what, they go 41-9 and nine in a 50-game stretch? That's unbelievable. And you have the Astros and the Yankees and the Mets. Uh, am I leaving somebody out at the top? Yeah, unfortunately, maybe the Braves. Maybe the Braves. Okay, so these really elite teams who are going to all win 100 games. And then at the bottom, you have these teams like the Nationals and the Pirates and the Reds who are just embarrassments of a franchise. I have a friend who grew up in Pittsburgh, who's my age, who's a lifelong Pirates fan. So he grew up on Clemente and Stargell and, you know, that that amazing team. We are family. Yeah. Well, even a little – I guess that was that. I'm thinking even a little before that. But, yeah, I guess that was what it was, right? And um, then Pittsburgh – they were bad. I think they had like 15 losing seasons in a row. And then a few years back, maybe 10 years back, they had a little bit of a run where they made the playoffs. But they don't have any money, so they sell everybody off. And the rest of the major leagues just picks off their players one by one by one. So if you're a Pirates fan, I mean, Marlins are kind of the same too, right? You just have no hope. You go into the season with no hope. It's really bad for the sport. And here's the only argument to that. And then there's the Tampa Rays, who have the same exact mindset. Guy starts getting good. Uh-oh, we're going to have to pay him. He's arbitration eligible. And they deal him off. Oh, and they deal him off for young players who aren't making any money and making the major league minimum. And they come in and play well for the Rays. They're great. So it can be done. I understand they are the exception to they the are. rule. They but are. it isn't like it can't be done. When you are in a market that you just can't compete, your TV contract isn't the same as the big market, you got no chance, no shot, you might as well stop rooting for the team. Oh, except Tampa does. So yeah, you just they have do. to be that good. You do have to be that good. And no one else is. And they are. I mean, if you're, I mean, even, the, you know, the Tigers, which is a team I lived in Detroit, rooted for the Tigers for a while. The Athletics, who have just given up and they're just looking to sell the team. Right? The Angels have given up. They're just looking to sell the team. It's really bad for the sport that you have a half a dozen or more teams that just aren't even trying. Yeah, I don't feel bad. I honestly don't. That if uh, you, you you know what you've gotten into, there is a way to you have to hit an unbelievable percentage of your roster decisions and trades and drafts and stuff like that. And you got to be able to draft and develop, bring them through the system. If it was across the board, 100 percent, Mac, but, I'm with you. Baseball might have to think about uh, constricting. They don't because Tampa does what Tampa does. But here's the other problem with that, which is. And this is why I think Tampa hasn't been back to the World Series. But 
what you they will never have. The World Series two years ago. Oh, that's right. Excuse me. They were. What they what they will never have in Pittsburgh is the guy who comes up as that great prospect, twenty one year old Ronzi Contreras, and stays great and stays there for fifteen years. Because once he starts earning the big salary, he's gone. So if you're a fan, the best you're rooting for is, well, hey, they got these three prospects for him, and in three years I'll get to watch those guys until they get really good, and then they'll trade them. It's in, From a competitive level, balance. you're making an argument that ultimately you can make it work, but from a fan argument of, hey, these are our guys, and we want to watch their careers, too bad, because in three years they'll be playing for the Yankees. And here's why it can't be comped to the National Football League. The National Football League shares revenues. Yeah, Because exactly. the big thing is national television money. Major League Baseball has a lot of dollars that come from your local yep. TV uh, revenue. And different size markets are going to be able to charge different dollars for advertising. So the team's going to get a bigger contract from their local outlet. It is an imperfect world. Yeah, I think they got to fix it. All right, we're going to head into leading off. We'll take your calls on the Phillies, 215-592-9494. If you want to talk baseball, Phil's take on the Pirates today. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.